This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's just Ian. I think this may be the the first time in the, the history of this program that I've actually been here all by myself. And I have to say that... Uh, it, it doesn't really please me. I, I don't like talk radio that uh, involves just some host monologuing his opinions. It's one of the main reasons why when I started Free Talk Live uh, that I had brought in uh, co-hosts with me. I had actually two co-hosts to, uh, to start the show out with way back in 2002 when we got this thing uh, kicked off. And, uh, you know, kind of had various different co-hosts over the years and uh, have appreciated all of their assistance. And uh, usually when one of them is out, as Mark is this uh, the first couple of days in this week, he should be back tomorrow. Uh, usually when one of them is out, I find people to come in. But things happen, unexpected uh, life intervenes, and my fill-in guy is missing in action tonight. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, I'm here to take your phone calls as always at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. So let's go to the phones and the fun. Cameron is in D.C. Cameron, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you tonight, Ian? Uh, A little lonely, Cameron. What's on your mind? I'm sorry to hear that. If I was in New Hampshire, I'd come fill in for you. I I appreciate that. Um, I got a traffic ticket today. Oh, no. And I'm not happy about it. It was... um, is anyone like ever happy of, about it? Well, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some status jerk out there. That, oh, well, I'm doing my duty by paying it. I'm sure there's one of those somewhere. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I've only ever had one before. I ran a red light a couple years ago. I really didn't. I turned right on a red when I wasn't supposed to. But today, today's ticket was a high-occupancy vehicle lane violation in the state of Virginia. High-occupancy vehicle lane violation. Like a, Meaning, they have a carpool lane, or in right. this case, it was a whole car... Normally it's just a lane, but the the highway I was on today, I didn't realize this has a like a whole separate like two lane highway parallel to the other one that is all HOV. HOV, yeah, I've seen those lanes. They don't have them around here in uh, these parts of New Hampshire, but I've definitely uh, seen those and, oh. and driven in them. So they can pull you over basically for just being by yourself. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm the same way. I grew up in Massachusetts. I lived in Philly for seven years. I never really seen them. And when I came here a few months ago, it was new to me. And I was, I was basically at a late, I was running late, and I, was, uh, I saw this exit coming up. And I was in one town, and the meeting I had to get to was in the same, in the same city, actually. And I, I was like, well, I'll get off, and I'll take back roads, and I'll get by the traffic. And I saw the HOV sign, and they don't really make it clear that the, the, the exit leads to this parallel HOV road. I thought just the one lane was HOV. Mm. So I get on the exit, and I head down it, and there's no one there. And I, I see a cop, and the cop's waving me down, and I was like, <laughs> oh geez, is this road closed. You know what's the problem? And you know she she steps up and I stop. I'm like, what what can I do for you? And you know you need to pull over HOV violation. And I was like, oh no. And I pulled over and she came up and you know I, I explained to her I was like, listen, I look I have a Massachusetts license. I don't know how to drive in these things. I'm new to the area. She just talked right over me. You have violated statute blah 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 of the Virginia blah blah. And I okay, you know I told her I was late for a meeting so. She took her sweet time, of course, to get me, yeah, you nice. know, all my, my paperwork. And then, no, sign here. Well, what if I don't want to sign there? Well, then you're automatically guilty. So I signed, but I was like, I'm going, you know, I'm taking this to court. I mean, you know, I, BS. BS, absolutely. So well, you're going to take it to court and what? I, I, that's what I'm calling you about, Ian. I hear all the stories about you guys, you know, people, 
you know, fighting tickets and not, you know, refusing to pay. And I'm, I'm thinking about doing that because, you know, I guess I technically violated, violated the rule, but who are they to tell me? You know, I mean, if I, you know, unfortunately I have to pay taxes. And I, my taxes, I assume, are going to go to that road. So why can't I drive on it? Well, it's a good question. And I guess the other question I have, well, the question I have would be, what are they going to do if you don't pay? Here in New Hampshire... There's a $50 a day uh, fine. Well, excuse me, not a fine, but essentially they will knock 50 bucks a day off for every day that you sit in a jail cell. Uh, I don't know if they offer that in other places, huh. but presumably they must, right? I mean, because what would they do to somebody that didn't pay beyond I mean, put them yeah, in jail? What are they going to do? I mean, I guess yeah, they could throw me in jail, but they're not going to throw I – mean, I mean, I guess they could throw me in jail and say you'll sit in here till you pay it, but I mean that's going to cost them more money than it's going to make them. Well, that's what my, – my concern is here in New Hampshire it, it – it essentially counts toward the fine, but it may not be that right, way right. in other places. They may just, you know, there may be some sort of punitive uh, jail punishment, like, oh, you don't want to pay the fine? Well, here, sit in jail, jail for, for a month. Days. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, and, and you're in a, a, a place that you're not too familiar with. You say you live in Massachusetts. Exactly. And, and I was talking to my friend Adam from New York, who's one of your amplifiers. I think you've met him before. And he mm-hmm. was saying, you know, Ian and Mark always warn people that if they're not in New Hampshire or they're not somewhere with like a strong background and they don't know the area and they don't have a lot of liberty backers, be careful what you do because there's not really anyone there to back you up. So I, I don't know. I mean, do you know, I thought, do I get civil disobedience about it? Do I just go in and argue my case and hope they get it off? And if not, pay it. Do I, you know, do I look up, you know, uh, I look up obscure laws and try to fight it somehow? You know, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just, I mean, yeah, I guess I technically violated it. Um, it was on, it was an accident, but you know, who, who's, I mean, who are they to tell me what to do? You know? Well, I, yeah, I certainly, I agree with what you're saying. I just, I, I don't know what the uh, the right approach is. I, I guess number one question is what happens if you do nothing? I mean, are they going to put a warrant out for your arrest? Is there? I, I, want, I have the paperwork with me now, um, and I've I've been working all day, so I haven't had much of a chance to look at it. But as soon as I get through the snowstorm and get home, I'm going to uh, I'm going to read it, and uh, we'll see what's going to happen. I'll look it up. My roommate has lived here for a few years. I'll ask him if he knows anything, because I think he may have gotten one of these tickets before too. So. Well, definitely let us know what happens because in many places they've got a real scam that involves, uh, oh. as far as traffic court, where they'll basically say, yeah, we'll let you challenge this, but you'll need to pay the full uh, full fine up front before you can challenge it. I mean, there's all kinds we, of crazy yeah. stuff that could uh, that could go along with essentially taking this to court. It's true. It's true. You know, and, and you, you know, and someone told me, well... You know, I fought it once and they reduced my fee. And I'm like, oh, if I, you know, if I could pay a reduced fee, I mean, it wouldn't be a total win, but at least I'm not paying as much money. And she says, but then you get to pay court costs. And I'm oh, like, God. oh, come on. Yeah. So there's really another fine on top of this fine. So I have to pay to go to court, even though I don't want to go to court. What if I say I don't want to go, so I'm not going to, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I guess that's something that every time I hear about what's going on around the country as far as the different court situations and uh, police and all of that, uh, it, it gives me a new appreciation for being up here. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone paying court costs up here. I, I don't either, you know, and it just, it, you know, it. I couldn't believe that. I was like, so I'm going to have to pay. She's like, well, I w-, she's like, you know, I got knocked, you know, she, they knocked 75 off mine. I'm like, okay, so they did that, I'd be paying, what, 50? She goes... Oh, well, the court cost, it'll probably be back to, like, 125 or something. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? You know, so what is it, what's just, the total amount for you? I, I missed that if you it, said it. It was 125. 125. Now, they, they do four levels. So your first violation, 125, and then gotcha. you get a second within so many years. You know, it goes up, and then eventually it's, like, 1,000. And I read the other laws they have on there, and, you know, oh, not wearing a seatbelt over, over the age of 16, and uh, just stuff that's like, why, you know, why is it? 
Why do they need to control that, really? They're pretty hardcore about the uh, the traffic enforcement in Virginia, from what I understand. That's the state where you can't even have a, uh, a, a radar detector, right? Yeah, there's no... Actually, my roommate was telling me that uh, it's against a lot of a radar detector, so the police make radar detector detectors, and in turn, <laughs> people have made radar detector detector, detector detectors <laughs> to get them back. So. Wow. Well, let um, us know what uh, what transpires absolutely. here, and uh, let us know what the options are on the table, because I doubt there'll be very many uh, that you'll want to be taking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow up, read about it. I'll let you guys know what's up. And I had one more thought uh, for you, and I had just a quick question for you. Sure. Um, what? If, I don't know how the rules of this work or how your contract is. Have you and Mark ever thought of going on satellite radio at all? Yep, uh, sure. We've reached out to the folks over at XM and Sirius, and, uh, well, you know, they've got their lineup, and there are, in my opinion, there's some easy spots where we could go in, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, they're not looking at uh, making a change. If you're looking. a subscriber, uh, you could get in touch with them and let them know what you think, and I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll... they'll I, I'm not, but I'm, I'm in a rental car right now, and it has XM and Sirius in it, so I, yeah. I, I, I might become a subscriber, in which case I will definitely uh, put, put your name down, so... Very good. Cameron, thanks for the call. Good luck out there. Appreciate hearing from thanks, you. Thanks, Ian. Yep, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up here, uh, the story from last night that Sam and I didn't get a chance to get to about the TSA agent's Facebook, or excuse me, MySpace profile that's somewhat revealing about his uh, hmm, preferences. 800-259-9231, the same guy that's feeling people up at the airport has some interesting sexual urges. 800-259-9231, and he still has his job. We'll come back, uh, share that with you. I guess we won't, because it's just me. 800-259-9231, you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. Sam, joining me on uh, short notice. Appreciate you coming in here. No problem. 800-259-9231. You can, of course, bring up absolutely anything. That is the point of the program, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, which is, by the way, brought to you by Manchester Brewing at manchesterbrewing.com. So we're going to continue here, and uh, we'll take your calls about anything. But, Sam, you were on the program last night, and as happens sometimes, we talk about, uh, we we sell things that uh, we'd like to get to, but sometimes don't have the chance to because we had too many phone calls in, which is a good thing. That's a, a good problem to have because that's the focus of this program. But in the absence of your calls, we've got stuff to talk about. And one of those is it's another TSA-related story. We kind of had a, a, a TSA theme uh, overarching the show last night, and we never got to this one. From Orlando and WESH.com. A Central Florida man has been arrested on charges he groped a young girl and asked her to be his sex slave. 
Charles Henry Bennett, 57, of Winter Garden, was charged with lewd and lascivious molestation and conduct with a minor under the age of 17. Police said that the victim made a written disclosure about the incident on January 24th. The incident happened when she was 12 years old and the girl is now 15. She told police Bennett had touched her breast under her shirt, kissed her, and asked her to be his sex slave. Police did not disclose where the abuse took place or how Bennett and the girl met, which I think would be an interesting uh, detail to learn about this, considering where this guy works. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy's 57, so I don't imagine that he's hanging out at the mall too often mm-hmm. or wherever else it is that uh, 12-year-old girls tend to hang out. Well, and the other thing to point out here is that this guy's been working for the TSA for the last two years at least. Just, I mean, okay, two th- years? At least two years. Yeah, this happened two years ago. Right. And since then, he's been on the job screening people every single day. <laughs> Police said the girl was reluctant to provide specific details about the incident and appeared sullen. They said she also expressed sorrow at the prospect of Bennett being arrested. While she didn't report any other episodes of abuse, she didn't deny other acts of sexual assault occurred, say police. Bennett, who's being held at the Orange County Jail on no bond, confirmed the incident occurred, but said he grabbed the girl from behind and groped both of her breasts over her clothes. In a written statement, he also confirmed that he had asked the girl to be his sex slave. Bennett's MySpace page lists his name as Master Charles or Sir. He also calls himself a master of BDSM, which stands for Bondage, Dominance, Sadism, and Masochism. The page also describes him as a swinger who wants to meet submissive females. The TV station went to Bennett's house seeking a comment on the charges. While no one answered, neighbors said they had seen a teenager at the home before. Police say they're conducting a protective investigation into the incident. So, So this guy works for the TSA in the Orlando airport. And here's his about me from MySpace. I am a BDSM master and have many years experience in the lifestyle and as a trainer. I'm very open-minded and expect the same from friends. I enjoy meeting new PPL in the lifestyle and those that are curious. Would like to meet submissive females and those that are, using the letter R, curious about the lifestyle. So how does uh, this guy managed to molest a 12-year-old girl, presuming she's not related to him. That's typically how molestation uh, occurs. Right. It makes you wonder, was this something that uh, was TSA-related, or did he meet her you know, on some internet uh, chat room somewhere, and it's just a coincidence that he's with the TSA? Yeah, I don't know. And he's cl- in another article that I read, he is actually wanting to keep his job with the TSA and argues that this is not a concern, but, you know, is this really the kind of people that you want patting down your children at the airport? He still has his job, too, right? Is that I, what you... I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's pending investigation or whatever. But Right. Well, of course, if he's in jail, he won't have his job. I, I, do you think the TSA would hold his job for him if he Probably actually went to jail? Not, yeah. I, I wouldn't think that uh, that they would. But nonetheless, the, uh, he has three friends, or he had three friends. Didn't you say they took his profile down? Yeah, that page is gone. I managed to capture a screen uh, screen capture of right. it a few days ago before it disappeared. I wonder how. I wonder what that's all about. Do you think he pulled it down? I, I would imagine he yeah. has to, or uh, maybe MySpace pulled it. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Just kind of an interesting look into the personal life of one of the... 
I don't know how many thousands of uh, screeners they have working for the TSA. I, I think it's over, I think their employee count is over 100,000, but I could be way off. So. Now, you've got this guy uh, who's working for the TSA, and who knows how many others with uh, bizarro sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. And you combine this guy with the uh, the backscatter machines, these machines that they're forcing actually on people in the UK now. If you don't uh, go through the, the machine, if they select you to go through the machine and you don't go through, you don't get on a plane, unlike in the United States where you'll have an option to get a, a pat down as opposed to going through the, the x-ray. And what are they, they, they are x- they're not x-rays, something else, right? Well, there's the, the backscatter and millimeter wave. There's two technologies, just depends on which one they get. Got it. So you got somebody like this operating that machine, and we know that they, those machines have the capability of capturing photos and uh, and mm-hmm. things like that. It's just it's just creepy, man. Yeah, I mean they say it has to be in a special test mode and so forth, and that it's all you know it, it underlines in the in the manual that oh this is all voluntary, and we know that's how they always start this stuff out is voluntary, mm-hmm. get people used to it, get them into the machines and then later one day they just up and decide okay well now it's mandatory and if you don't do it you're not going to fly that's right that's how it'll work and it's people like him that are going to be in charge of that system the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231 as we continue frank is on the line listening in canton to wcer hello frank hi fellas it's on your mind well, just the subject matter that you're talking about. You know, I'm an older man. I'm in my 60s. And uh, I was molested as a ch- very small child. Mm. Who was and it? Then, and I'll share this on a personal basis on dealing with people that have been molested that were children. Mm-hmm. You know, children, uh, uh, you know, somewhere around, five to eight years old start uh, dabbling with sex and start getting sexual feelings okay and the uh, you know as we progress in our life up to the years of 17 18 years old you, you know sex is a very wonderful feeling and, and a new Wonderful explosive, if I might use that term. I certainly like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we all enjoy sex in the right context, okay? Very good. But, but children are very susceptible to sexual exploitation, and oftentimes they feel guilty or dirty, okay? But they are lured in by the sexual uh, innuendos. And they're very, you know, children also like to experiment. But oftentimes after they have experimented, they feel, uh, although fulfilled sexually, they feel dirty. I want to come back and talk to you about it here, Frank, if you don't mind. Hang on, 800-259-9231. Is sex dirty? I don't think so. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by startpage.com. You can take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines and... Unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Not only that, but StartPage just a few days ago launched their brand new proxy service. So once you uh, once you use StartPage.com to search, you can go to any of the results that come up normally, or you can use their proxy, and essentially StartPage surfs to the website for you, so it becomes completely anonymized surfing as well as searching. So StartPage.com is your it's really it's turned into your home for privacy. Uh, on the web for private web browsing. Again, that's startpage.com. As we continue, Frank, I believe, is still with us listening to WCER in Canton. Uh, Frank, you back on Free Talk Live. Thank you. So, Frank, so, you were talking about uh, child molestation, and the, the reason you uh, you brought it up or you met, you called in tonight was because we had a story about a TSA screener in Orlando who has been uh, is being brought up on charges of mol- uh, molesting a, a 12-year-old girl. And you were talking about uh, the, you know, the, that uh, that from your perspective, kids are definitely interested in sex, but uh, if they do consummate the act in some way, whether it's with somebody of their age or else, elsewise, you're saying you said that they feel uh, dirty. Yeah, they Was feel it? subconsciously they feel somewhat defiled. Now, it, what you do is you. Is this how you felt when uh, when when you were doing something at a younger age? Or when something was no, done to you? No, when, when, when I woke up and had a relative orally uh, on me, mm. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And but how old were you at the time? Four years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So when now, I had a... Now, when you say that kids feel uh, defiled or feel dirty, are you talking about specifically in instances of molestation in, in that unwanted sexual acts are done to them? Or are you talking about also that they feel that, in your opinion, feel that way after a consensual act? Well, let's let's start at the rudiments first, the basic premise. Since sexual uh, um, activity brings about a, a, a climax even even before puberty, okay, it it tears a child's uh, moral, ethical, spiritual, conscious in two, because they enjoyed the the conclusion of the act. So you are talking about because I want to make sure we're, we're separating. Ethical, wait a minute, wait, 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 Frank. I want to make sure we're we're clear here because I don't want to conflate what is uh, essentially an, a a molestation, an unwanted sexual activity, versus something that is consented to. And I, I realize that some people don't believe that kids can consent, or children, or teens, or whatever, can consent to uh, sexual activity. I, for one, uh, I, I don't believe that to be the case. I think there's a world of difference between uh, unwanted sexual activity, as in molestation, and consensual uh, sexual acts. So are you saying, Frank, that you believe that the things you're talking about happen during a consensual act of sex for young people? I, I don't think a four-year-old... I'm not talking about four. Let's talk about 14. 12. How about 14? Let, let's talk around 12, 12. 13 years Fine. old. Fine. 
let let's say if they are compromised by coerced with money or favors, children have enough idea about money, mm-hmm. cash, and favoritism. What if they're charging the cash? What if uh, what if we're talking about a, a teenage prostitute? Well, now you're getting into social structure, okay, where children's moral ethical values are being compromised by perversion and cash and favors. I've been around the world twice, okay, being a veteran, and I have seen little six- and seven-, eight-year-old children sell their, their mothers and their sisters and be a pimp for their sisters and mothers for cold cash. Okay. Okay? So what's happening, you're breaking down spiritual, ethical, moral values in a society when you don't set guidelines and standards. You're, you're destroying and, and, and fussing up moral, ethical, spiritual guidelines. Okay, that, so we've gone a kind of all over the map here, Frank. And no, no, I'm, I'm trying to keep it in a context circle. Well, at first we were talking about sex and young people, and you were right. you were saying that the climax uh, is, it makes them feel dirty, and you never really made it sp- uh, clear when I tried to ask you to clarify. Are you talking about some sort of act that is uh, coercive in basis, or are you talking about an act, a sexual act, making them feel dirty that is consensual in basis, in that one that they voluntarily chose to get into? Voluntarily, because they're coerced, because the sexual feeling and climax always feels good, doesn't it? How is that coercion? Well, because you're tearing a child's moral, ethical, spiritual identity apart. What if, okay, are we talking about in every instance? Like, what about uh, two 13-year-olds playing with, you know, each other? What about them just fooling around? I mean, we're not necessarily talking about a 57-year-old and a 13-year-old here, are we? No, we're talking about spiritual or or sexual uh, uh, experimentation. At any age, with anyone else of any other age. True, true. You're saying that's bad. You're saying it's bad. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Why? Uh, because I don't think they're, uh, because we protect children, okay, from certain things that mature adults have the freedom to enjoy because they're supposed to have enough lifetime experiences to go ahead and step out of that boat and make their own decisions. But if you don't set laws protecting children, okay, from people that would pervert socially for their own personal pleasure, children, the children's values and moral and and spiritual ethics, you're not protecting children. So... so, so then you're pretty. Are you pretty happy with the laws as they are, Frank? Where in many cases it's age 18 or 16 that is the age of consent. Various different states around the country. Well, not without a moral. You know, children can also lie. In other words, you could you could say this man or that person molested you, and do it for the gain of money by blackmailing. That individual. It's probably happened. Right. Frank, who's So job? that happens, too. But what I'm saying to you, okay, is that we need to set guidelines and laws to protect children. Frank, not only Frank, from their, who's, yeah. whose job is it to protect the children? Who do you think is in the best place to do that? 
Well, a parent can't be around a 12-year-old 24-7. Okay, but so then you're saying that the laws should be there to protect the children, and that's why we need government in charge of this? I think government oversight is a very important thing. Well, but did you not just see the or hear the article that we read about the types of people that are attracted to these government jobs because they have that monopoly power I'm to come well in aware and the steal children? Did, I I'm mean, well aware of all the perverted people working in the CP. Okay, did you hear about the study that shows that? Um, I think it's 13% of kids in in the custody of the state are uh, raped or abused, molested, whatever, and yeah. that it's only 20%, 2% of that is uh, by other inmates, other people in the juvenile center. The other 10%, I, and I said 13, it's 12. The other 10% is the, the guards, the government workers. That's so they're, right. And I believe in full prosecution of those instances. Okay, but you want to put these people who have proven themselves year and year again to be abusing children, raping, molesting them, you want to put them in charge and just hope that they hold themselves accountable, even though, you know, we've got all of this evidence that shows that they just don't. I think it would be wiser for parents to be more ethical themselves and live an ethical life. And And take care of their kids, I agree. But if they don't live the life that you think they should live, you're willing to aggress against them. Right, Frank? Let me say what Jesus said. Jesus said, you know, it would be better that a millstone be hung around a man's neck and for him to be thrown into the sea. I think Jesus would use forgiveness and compassion. Thank you, Frank, for the call tonight. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Sam over on his website, obscuredtruth.com. Lots of great liberty-oriented documentary uh, and kind of news package style reports over at obscuredtruth.com though not all of the uh, the stuff that uh, that your team works on shows up at obscuredtruth.com sometimes it pops up over at freekeen.com in fact it well it always pops up at freekeen.com uh, your your lady uh, Meg uh, your editing partner uh, has put something together that I thought was pretty entertaining recently and that's one thing that you can't find at obscuredtruth.com you have to go to freekeen.com to see that it's citizens resisting a what is it? Citizens Citizens against the oh god. No, citizens resisting something. C R A P resisting the assault of police officers. <laughs> That's what it is. So it's a new group, a you know, grassroots organization that really wants to get out there and support the uh, law enforcement members of the community that have been brutally assaulted by dangerous criminals out on the street. Right, and uh, there's an interesting proposal that is brought up in the video. I won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but go over. It takes, what, two and a half minutes, I think? Two and a half so, minutes, yep. Uh, it's a, not, not a long investment, and that's a, a, right now at uh, free freekeen.com. So we were talking, and we'll get back to the calls here in a moment, but I just wanted to continue with some thoughts on what Frank was saying earlier. Frank was basically calling with what essentially was a justification of the system as it is today, even though, Sam, you pointed out that the system, whether it's CPS or TSA or whoever, especially the jobs where uh, people have access to children like Mm -hmm. the CPS uh, juvenile system, that kind of thing, 
it attracts the the weirdos. It attracts the molesters. It attracts or it, or it turns some of them into the weirdos and the I suppose the people. I mean, I think it's a combination of both. But yeah, that, where else can they get that kind of power? Catholic Church, but you know. <laughs> Really, there aren't that many other options, right? So so it attracts those folks, and even though you pointed that out, uh, he still was uh, of the belief that we need to have these government rules telling people what they can and can't do sexually, and that, well, if it's true that 10% of the uh, the kids in the juvenile system are molested and raped uh, by the people that are holding them there, then, well, that's just the price you have to pay, and we just need to crack down on those people even further, was essentially uh, what he was saying. And it all comes from... From his viewpoint that sexual activity, regardless of whether it was wanted or unwanted, as we managed to pull out of him during that last segment, that sexual activity involving young people is inherently a dirty thing, that there's something wrong with that. And I understand where he's coming from. This is a common belief found throughout uh, the, the society that we're in, and I think it, it comes from a Puritan past a very well, I, religious-based past. You know, I think in his past, you know, with his history of, of personally being abused, he knows it's something that really has affected his life, it sounded like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's something that he wouldn't want to see happen to other children. And he looks around and sees the world as it is today with, you know, this government apparatus keeping everyone in line, supposedly. And he doesn't I, – I think it's hard for people like that to look outside of the current paradigm and say, you know – how could children be protected without this monopoly government in there to force everybody to do it a certain way? It may not be the best system. I, I think he was, you know, admittedly seeing that. You but, have to acknowledge that. I yeah, guess. but he he wants to believe that, well, we still have to do it this way because otherwise what would happen? And I, I just think it's a lack of exposure to kind of how the market would regulate some of these things and handle some of these things in the absence of the state. You know, it's also interesting when you look at these instances of uh, sexual molestation or, or worse, rape, uh, when you look at this and you look at the victims of these sorts of things, it's interesting to see the different directions that those people take it. You know, yeah. some people take it in the I'm a victim direction. And then they, uh, you know, they sort of mold their lives around that particular mentality, as though that uh, a certain amount of damage has been done and cannot be undone, and that uh, yeah. you know this is the end uh, for the, for their sexual freedoms or whatever. Yeah, they make up that it means all of these things about themselves that you know they're not worthy or that no man would ever want them or you know all all kinds of things that these ideas just sort of seep in and become who they are and affect them for the rest of their lives. And I think where you're going with this is other people choose to look at it as an empowering event in their life and are able to go and speak out about it and, uh, you know, inspire other people to really sort of come out and speak out about it and help put a stop to this or raise awareness at the least. Right. So the the difference there is is pretty tremendous and it's all up to them. I right. mean, they were all raped or molested or whatever. Something very similar happened to all of them. Why do some of them take it in one direction versus some of them take it in another? And I think it has to do with the underlying uh, set of beliefs that these people have. You know, if you're someone like Frank who believes that all sexual activity, even unwanted, even, excuse me, wanted sexual activity under a certain age is dirty. You know, when uh, he was saying there, when a young person has a climax, they feel dirty. Well, maybe that's true about Frank. 
But it's not necessarily true about somebody that may have been raised in a home where they were taught to be more open-minded towards sex and taught that sex is natural and that sex is okay yeah. and that you need to be safe about it, but otherwise that it's uh, it's a healthy thing. That may be one of the things that Frank made up because out of his experience that, well, when uh, you know it's a, ch- a child involved, that it's automatically dirty, and that's one of the kind of beliefs that that runs his life or that is kind of integrated into who he is and it shapes his view of the world and anything outside of that view he tends to reject because of his own personal experience and we've had frank on the show uh as a caller a number Mm -hmm. of times and usually he calls in tonight was an unusual night for him because typically he calls in on a religious topic if we're talking about you know uh that religion theology that sort of thing he'll call in with what is a very christian kind of fundamental sounding perspective and i don't want to put too many labels on him because I don't know exactly what it is that he said overall the time we've talked to him. But my the impression I've gotten is that he has that kind of fundamentalist Christian mentality, which, of course, has a, a very clear fear of sexual activity anywhere outside of the uh, institution of marriage. So, of course, Frank is going to think that, uh, you know, a 14-year-old having sex, regardless of whether it's with another 14-year-old or a 28-year-old or a 40-something-year-old, is going to be that same dirty uh, sensation for him because, well, he was told this is bad. He was told that it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage, and so therefore he should feel dirty, even though, as he admits, the orgasm felt good, even though the the act itself felt good, he's attaching all of these other this baggage uh, yep. to uh, to the act, and it's just not necessarily it doesn't have to be that way, I guess, Frank, to uh, for everybody else out there, and and the way, the reason why it's that way for you is because you've made that choice. Exactly. So that's what I wanted to share about that. And then what would Jesus do? What what would Jesus, because he brought up Jesus at the very end of uh, the call, what what would Jesus do if his uh, son or daughter uh, were molested by someone? Would he want that person thrown in a cage? I think Perhaps. it'd be forgiveness. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. And when you look at the... Uh, when you look at the reactions, I mean, if you go to the, the story that we were telling you about the guy from the TSA, uh, you go to the Orlando television website and you look at the comments. There aren't that many of them, but as you might expect, the comments are very vitriolic, very angry uh, towards this guy. You know, give him what's for, lock him up, all of that stuff. And has he has he done wrong? Certainly. I mean, unwanted sexual uh, activity is is wrong. I mean, he's he's harmed the girl in, in that way. Uh, does she deserve restitution? Absolutely. Is she going to get that from him sitting in a jail cell? Certainly not. Uh, th- so that to, to me, that's not a that's not a solution. It's just punishment. It doesn't make anybody whole. It doesn't do anything to try to uh, to make amends or or make something something right. And it doesn't seem to be something that Jesus would support. But yet, many of the people who yell the loudest about sexual activity amongst uh, young people, whether wanted or unwanted are the most likely to be people that self-describe as uh, Christian or, or religious. Hmm. And I think it's just they've, they've got something wrong. There's something really fundamentally wrong when, uh, when you think that people who have been you know, child molesters need to, be, uh, you know, need to have their uh, penis chopped off or something like that. Or, I mean, that's, you're smiling, but that's one of the suggestions that has been made in the past is that hmm. you know, these guys should be sterilized or they should you know, have this happen to them or that happen to them. And they love the idea of uh, many people. I'm not just talking about Christians here because there's, there's some very open-minded Christians, and I, I don't want to group them all into the same place. But let's talk about like the fundamentalists. I know what's best. I want to uh, uh, force my viewpoint on you. 
you know, these people are out there trying to uh, to do that, and it just doesn't seem to be the message of uh, of Jesus, the person that they claim is their savior and the person they they claim to uh, to want to emulate. Jesus wouldn't go and fight a war, as mm-hmm. I understand it, over in another country, kill other people. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done that, and I don't think that he would have done anything but forgive and uh, turn the other cheek and and offer compassion and and love to. People like this weirdo that works for the TSA. Right. But, it, you know, I think what you're getting into is you're talking about organized religion and what they have taught people that Jesus was about. And it's really designed to sort of control people and shape their views about the world. Toll free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour number two is on the way. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Simply dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Coming up, we get a chance. We'll tell you about secession. The movement uh, seems to be growing fairly strong over in uh, neighboring Vermont. Uh, But first, we go to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Dino is in Japan. Dino, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Sam. Hey, Ian. Uh, Thanks for taking my call again. You know, I wanted to continue uh, what I was talking about yesterday. I kind of related, uh, kind of roundabout way yesterday, related genetically modified food to uh, some type of brain disorders. But um, actually, uh, there's, a, there's just a host of information. I'll share with you just out of Rents.com, um, the boy, American that's credible. Academy. I'm sorry? I said, boy, that's credible. <laughs> well, the American Academy of Environmental Medicine states genetically modified foods have not been properly tested and pose a serious health risk. But there's more of this well, all that's over quite the a, that's, It sounds like scaremongering to me. I mean, first it of all, does, it's on rents.com. Out of the UN's website, um, the UN African Renewal, African Renewal, uh, UN.org. How much, before you go on, how much testing do you think something should have before people are allowed to uh, to access it in the marketplace? That's a good question. And I would say at least 10 to 20 years, especially if we're putting it in our body. And I'll give you, I'll give you my reason why. So then you support I'm over in Japan, and as you know, Japan has the dubious distinction of having some of the longest 
living people on the planet. Now, their ages are starting to decline. Uh, I think the average woman will age around 86 and the average man around 83. But their ages are going down, and the people are getting fatter. They're going into McDonald's. They're getting uh, a lot more bulkier, and they're coming up with more health problems. And uh, it's not so much that genetically modified food will uh, affect you immediately. It's like I don't know how old you are, but I'm 49, Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen a doctor I'll tell you honestly, I haven't seen a doctor in about 15 years. That's great. And that's because I'm very, I'm very sure of what I put into my body. Well, good. You should be sure about it. I think yes. that uh, that being afraid of the foods that you eat is uh, is a big problem. And I, you know, I I'm not afraid. I mean, maybe it's not the healthiest things to uh, to eat that I uh, that I put in my body, but that's okay. It doesn't yeah. bother me. Well, so, what I'm trying to say, Ian is that I think when you hit a certain age, say around my age or older, you start becoming more aware of your body and what you're putting into your body. And when you're at probably, you're probably, I would assume in your mid to late 30s. Yeah, I'm 29. um, Okay, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, early 30s. But still, when I was that age, I didn't care. I mean, I'd go into a McDonald's, I'd go into whatever, and I would drink and eat whatever. But at this age, I think, or around this age, you start considering exactly what it is that's going into your mouth mm-hmm. and, and the best ways for health. So yep. that's the continued thread I wanted to say. Right, but, but I, 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 and I understand what you're saying, and I think there's something, you know, there's certainly something to the, the fact that you are what you eat, and I understand that some things are healthier than others. I mean, it's not like I eat pure junk food. There's, uh, you know, vegetables and uh, fruit in this, uh, in this home, and so you know, they, I certainly have uh, things that uh, I, I don't know. I don't have, like, a... A regiment of things that I eat, but I, you know, I eat what uh, what feels good and what feels right. And sometimes sure. it uh, feels right to have some, you know, potato chips, and sometimes it feels right to have a grapefruit. You know, it just all depends. No, I understand. And, and, and but, 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 but what you're saying is that, that genetically modified paths that are in charge of this world is nothing. I think that would be more or better for them than than for us to be distracted. But you're also so, well. If you believe that sociopaths are in charge of this world, then you're also saying that you want 10 to 20 years of testing before people are able to, uh, you know, put something into their bodies. So you're putting the sociopaths in charge of what can and what can't be consumed, no, right? Because no, they're no, the no. ones that run the no, FDA. That's not true. No, I, no, that's not true. I, I don't even, uh, I don't subscribe to that. There are uh, credible scientists. There are credible. Um, technicians out there, food technicians and people that understand how nutrition and nutrients work that can test the food. Uh, People have been eating things out of the ground since the dawn of man. And if we go into the laboratory and we design um, some type of uh, food, then of course I would think that that has to be tested. That has to have a long-term. By who? Who is going to do that testing? Is it a government agency that's going to demand that testing? No, I would. I would not. I would say an independent agency, and definitely. But what if I want to just um, buy the food right now? What if I just decide that you know I'm willing to be a human guinea pig and uh, and eat the genetically modified corn? By all means. Oh, okay. So you you wouldn't stop me from doing that then? No. Oh, okay. Great. Great. And you know, there's there's all kinds of conflicting information out there. Uh, the, the one side says this, the other side says that. Last night, somebody mm-hmm. called in to say that it's not true that GMO foods uh, increase crop yields. And indeed, you know, there are some uh, studies out there that are uh, that are saying that to be the case. Right. Uh, I don't understand why a uh, why somebody who is farming would 
pay more for seeds if he didn't think he was going to get value out of paying that extra price. So, And then, of course, they bring up that, well, uh, farmers are committing suicide over in India. And I asked, well, are the farmers in America that are using these seeds? And I was saying, when I heard you say that, it's yes. They are killing. They, I don't know if you heard the recent um, report. There was a guy that went out to his dairy farm, shot all his cattle, and then shot himself. So farmers well, people, are killing People themselves. do kill themselves uh, generally uh, over time. And just are, are farmers killing themselves? Because the claim in India is that all kinds of farmers are just offing themselves. I haven't heard of any kind of epidemic of suicides amongst uh, farmers in America. Well, I think I you have think to. There's quite an epidemic yet. I, I, but I think hang on just a second, Dino. are starving. I think there's a difference here, a cultural difference that needs to be taken into account. Americans have a very, very different view of debt than the rest of the world. A lot of uh, other countries, they pay cash for their houses. They don't have the same sort of debt mentality and credit card mentality and just pay for it later that they do here. So when you're broke and destitute over in another country, that it's it could be a very different outlook that people have, and that may be what's behind it. Dino, any other thoughts? Uh, that's about it, Ian. And I thank you for taking my call. Okay, I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just whenever I hear the uh, the, the anti-genetically modified food people... It, it just smacks of fear-mongering to me. Like, you know, the, these products are evil. They're all manufactured by an evil corporation. And I don't think Monsanto is a great corporation. I'm not a huge fan of, of corporations. I think that they do some terrible things to, uh, to to farmers as far as going after them with patent lawsuits and, and things like that and patenting genes and patenting uh, seeds and right. plants. And I think that's terrible. And I, I don't support that. But presuming that it's true that these uh, GMO foods do have better yields and they are more resistant to pests and things like that, and it does help feed more people, which is what some of the claims are. Presuming that's true, I support it. If that's not true, then I would say that farmers shouldn't buy those seeds because they're going to be more expensive. You've got to pay for all the patenting and all the lawyers and all of that. So if it's not true that they don't get greater yields, don't you think the word would be spreading around uh, the farms to say, hey, this crap doesn't work? Well, for me, you know, I know that they do get higher yields slightly. I think it was because of the uh, resistance to drought and the uh, fact that the the plants are actually producing a bacteria that is like a Roundup so that the bugs eat it and they die. Um, It's a little concerning to me, not knowing the science here and not knowing the effects that this is going to cause, but knowing that, you know, we're really at the emphasis of understanding genes and Mm -hmm. how to manipulate them and so forth. And to know that, you know, the food that they're wanting to feed me that's available at grocery stores actually naturally produces a chemical that will kill bugs and pests and that I'm ingesting that and making it part of me. That, that's a little concerning. But again, I don't have all the facts. And right. You don't even know. I haven't done the research, so I don't you know, know you don't. You, not only have you not done research on that, and most people haven't, but most people, and myself included, haven't done the research on all of the various different chemicals that are included in most uh, processed foods out there. True. So, <laughs> you, and, and those aren't much any good either. So, well, so they say, right? Yeah. But I can tell you what's good. What's good is being able to walk into a store, grab some stuff off a shelf, being able to put it on my shelf and open it up, you know, a few months down the road if I need to, mm. rather than having to go out and slaughter food and hunt for food every single day. That, for me, is good because it allows me to focus on other things that are more important to me than hunting and gathering. <laughs> more coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you remember the old Libertarian Party, back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features there include the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Now, critical thinking question. Why would something that is so good for us, like government school, edu- uh, government education, need to be imposed on us with the use of force and funded by the use of force? Maybe something else is going on. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. And I actually had Brett, who is the uh, the host of the show over there, invite me on his program recently. So I think the most recent episode, if not the one coming up, uh, will involve uh, me being a co-host, which is fun, or a guest co- guest host, I suppose, would be a more appropriate way to say it. Schoolsuckspodcast.com. As we continue here, you know, I'm curious, before we get back to the calls, we had uh, Dino call in about the genetically modified food topic, which also came up last night on the program. And I just am, you know, I'm I'm just not moved to care. I really am not moved to care by all of this. Well, it hasn't been tested. There needs to be 20 years of testing before, uh, before you should be able to put something in your body. And of course, as Dino pointed out, he doesn't think that means that the government should stop you, which I think is fine. That's, that's good. But I just wonder... The people that are anti-genetically modified foods, are they also pro-organic? Do they also only buy organic? Because the people, there are people out there that uh, you know, the organic, I guess, obsessees, for lack of oh, a better yeah, term, a lot of those. they believe that the, uh, you know, the kind of more modern ways of growing food, not genetically modified food, just modern techniques of, uh, of growing food – are bad and that uh, they're not as that food's not as good for you and that you know if you want the best food you have to eat the uh, the, these other organically grown foods because while they don't use pesticides and pesticides are bad 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 uh well of course pesticides keep pests off the crops so that the yields can uh, can go up and that the farmers don't lose as much money and that you know you can get more per square foot and uh, lower prices and, and all of that and so there's real good reasons to have these more modern style of farming. Uh, essentially, or a lot of the organic, as I understand it at least, the organic styles of growing are kind of a, a throwback, basically. And th- th- they actually involve um, manure, which isn't the most safe thing to be putting fecal matter uh in your body. I it mean, all I, breaks down. It, right, it, it all converted. breaks down. And if you rinse your fruit off, it's probably not going to be that <laughs> bad, right? Either way, whether it's manure or, or pesticides. But but the folks that are the believers in the organic uh, food are willing to pay far more for mm. these organic products because they've been sold a bill of goods that says these are better for you. 
I don't know if it's necessarily true. And is it that much better to the point where it's worth paying twice as much or whatever? I, I mean, in my old neighborhood in uh, Dallas, there were two of those. There was a Whole Foods market and another one that popped up just within one major intersection. Mm-hmm. And, they're, you know, they're all over. So that, that's a huge market. There's a lot of people that are, I think, clearly concerned about the, the kinds of things that are getting in their food. Um, you know, I'm willing to pay for it. Yeah. I'm willing to pay for it. I would do that sometimes, you know, it's, I, I guess for me, it's kind of a price comparison. It's more important for me just to eat healthy and make sure that what I'm eating is stuff that's been cooked and prepared and is not, you know, something instant out of a, a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just appreciate the fact that I have food. Yeah. Like, I'm uh, doing good if I get vegetables, you know, more than three times a week. I'm, I, I'm happy. I think <laughs> that, um, I, I, I like fruit more than vegetables, obviously, but I've got carrots and I like to, to you know, dip that in uh, and stuff. So, I mean, it's, there's, it's not that it's all junk food for me, right? But, but, but for some people, if you aren't using organic carrots, then it's a problem. And I think that the whole organic phenomenon is a real example of how wealthy we are in this society. Right. Like, there are people that would be happy to have any carrots uh, let alone the organic ones that people are paying twice as much for, however much more. It's, it's probably not twice as much these days because of the higher demand. It's likely come down in, in price. I just don't pay that much attention to the prices because they're more expensive. And for me, uh, <laughs> this is radio. I'm not a multimillionaire here. I still have to watch what I spend at the at the grocery store. But for me, I... I'm in constant appreciation. Whenever I walk into the grocery store, I'm in awe of uh, the the selection and the availability, uh, the variety of products that is in front of me. In many cases, at, at what I consider to be fairly uh, fairly affordable prices, whereas other people would be happy to have two things to choose. See, I I think that is going to change over the next few years, and that's one of the more fear mongering. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at it, food travels something like uh, it's over. Over a thousand miles on it. Some of it from South America. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're shipping food all over the world with, you know, using this cheap petrol uh, mm-hmm. energy, which is not going to be cheap once inflation starts to take hold from all of this bailout printing and stuff. Uh, everything is going to go up, and so much of what is built into the price of everything that we buy is transportation. If gas goes to, you know, six dollars a gallon or something like that That's in the true. next year, that food's going to get a lot more expensive. And I think the the corporate farming is a result of government getting getting in and doing all of these farming regulations and uh, you know making it easy one tag for the uh, cattle farmer for the corporate cattle farmers whereas the small guys have to tag every one of their cattle at a at a certain cost right. and track them and all of this nonsense. So you know it, I think we're going to see a return to the local farming where the stuff that's in the grocery store is coming from the community and we're not going to have this you know, 12 or 1500 miles uh, average for, for everything that you buy in the grocery store. Maybe that may be the case. At least right now, uh, the stuff in the grocery store is still tends to be cheaper than the local local product. Yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe things will uh, get very, very expensive out there. And uh, certainly the, the fear has been out there that gas prices are going to go up. And for a little while, they certainly did spike. They've come back down uh, mm-hmm. since. Of course, then again, I can remember back when it was a, there was like one year in the late 90s when it hit a dollar a gallon. And of course, it's nowhere near that right now. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, despite the inflation, despite the, you know, the inflation of the money supply and despite the, uh, the increase in the, the cost of gas, Food is still relatively affordable, uh, is, all, all things is. considered. But it is, it you know, prices have gone up over the years. I mean, now you can't, 
it's hard to get a grapefruit for less than a buck. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a lot of money for a piece of fruit. It's yeah. or it's or so it seems. So uh, I guess time will tell, right? And if that does come to pass, then we're going to have to deal with having uh, fewer things to choose from yeah. at the grocery store or much higher prices resulting in you know people buying those items uh, less often, resulting in the store less likely to carry them. And, and again, a more limited selection. Right. And if that's the way the cookie crumbles, then that's the way it crumbles. But hey, until then, I like – I'm always constantly in awe of the, the wonderful selection that uh, that I have at the store. And, and, uh, and when I see that, I, I think – of appreciation and not fear about what uh, you know, not fear about what the company that grew that non-organic carrot is trying to do by uh, by dropping pesticides on it. You know, it's it, you not know? that I go in and I experience fear, but it's not I you think necessarily. It's just something that people can be conscious of, and if they're aware of it, they can make that choice for themselves. I, I wouldn't have, I wasn't would necessarily think. saying it was you that was uh, was afraid, but just the the mentality of well, there needs to be more testing. We don't know what'll happen. We don't know. We don't know. Well, okay, that's okay. I don't know what'll happen to me tomorrow. <laughs> No? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Secession. It's uh, brewing again over in Vermont. We'll tell you about that. And you can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at SwordMovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit SwordMovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features including live streams, a broadband version of the show, dial-up version. And a webcam, all completely free for you. So we've been having trouble, by the way, with the Free Talk Live listen lines, and so we're moving to a new provider. If you have been having issues with those, apologies. Uh, luckily, somebody gave me a heads up. I don't know how many people are listening to him because only one person bothered to tell me that uh, I've used them before and it, it, I was getting silence. Yeah, I should have so, told you. <laughs> so, uh, so one person bothered to tell me. Thank goodness. And uh, so I found out about it and I made I made a move today toward uh, getting a new provider. So stay tuned for more details on uh, the new listen lines when they're ready, which shouldn't be too long. It should be sometime this week. Um, all right. So listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in online. And we'll continue here with your phone calls. By the way, I was just poking around uh, the, the Internet since we've been talking about the genetically modified foods and uh, how scary some people think they are. Uh, the allegation that was leveled last night and earlier tonight was that parma, uh, farmers in India have been pushed to suicide because of pressures related to growing uh, genetically modified cotton in regards to going in debt and that sort of thing. And, again, there are all kinds of claims out there. Claim versus claim versus claim versus claim. Believe whatever you want. I I don't know what to believe, 
But uh, the counterclaim is that a review of the allegations has finally put the claims to rest. In reality, they claim uh, suicides among farmers have actually been reduced since the introduction of genetically modified cotton. There are a number of groups who are against GM foods. Two main ones based in New Delhi had fought against genetically modified cotton for many years. Now, of course, this is from likely a biased website, but then again, so are the anti-genetically modified foods websites, yeah. also biased. So Maybe they put fluoride in the water and got the <laughs> cotton in that way. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go to Matt in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Matt? Good evening. Uh, a lot yeah. of folks talk about how genetically modified food needs to be tested, how new chemicals that come onto the market need to be tested. Before long, we're going to be in a complete economic stagnation where new products are not allowed to become part of the market. I mean, look at the drug market as it is right now. Well, there, there if a great new cure and it'll never uh, come to the market. I agree with you. If we stay in the paradigm of uh, you know government controlling and designing the testing, but if you look at like UL. Uh, they test things right quick. Yeah, that hasn't become a long, complicated, ten-year, uh, billion-dollar, million-dollar process as the drug approvals have. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about testing, but if I want to go out and buy a product, if I want to buy a car that has knives sticking out of the steering wheel, hey, that's my business, <laughs> right? Yeah, and if if a, if a company out there wants to sell you something like that, you should be able to do that. I don't know who's going to make that though, and it, you right. know, the, the, those are the things that people don't realize is. Anybody who's in this to in the business to make money is is doing so to try and help people by providing a service that they're going to want to buy and pay for, and you know most of those businesses are going to be concerned about their reputation, and they're going to be in it for the uh, the long haul. And you mean they're not trying to poison their customers? I, no, probably not. There are pro- there are definitely scammers out there and scam sure. artists out there, and that's why you have you know better business bureaus and things that's like that. That's why you have like you mentioned UL Underwriters mm-hmm. Laboratories and other third party certifiers that essentially come in and they look at things and they say, okay, this is a, this is okay, this is safe, this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then big vendors like Walmart, uh, you know, retailers. Walmart and Target and those other companies out there, they're not going to put a product on their shelves unless it has the appropriate seal of approval, unless the manufacturing specs are, are up to uh, you know industry standards or perhaps right. even above industry standards. And so it's the marketplace that does the best job of keeping people safe. And I think that uh, that's one of the things you're pointing out, right, Matt? Oh, yeah, definitely. So what else did you want to share tonight? Uh, there's so many things I'm tired of, but one thing I'm happy about is you guys doing a great job. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So the idea that uh, some company, some food company would be interested in poisoning its customers is pretty absurd right on its face. Does that mean that they're going to necessarily create the healthiest of all possible foods? No. I mean, look at McDonald's, right? I mean, clearly not everything out there in the marketplace has the same level of nutritional value as everything else might be, but it's not McDonald's intent to uh, cause their customers' lives to end early. Right. And Monsanto may be, you know, they may not, they may think that their product is safe and that it doesn't cause any harm, and they may be wrong about that. But they're, I think they're more willing and more likely to take that risk knowing that they have all of these politicians in their mm. pocket who can, you know, write them a bailout or uh, get them out of liability for things. And they're, they're much more well protected than just an individual who is uh, creating this product in a voluntary marketplace would be protected. Yeah, you're right about bringing up liability, limited liability corporations mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, these governmental structures of legal fictions that are essentially created to protect people from the mistakes that they make and from liability. And I think that's a big problem. And it would be interesting to see how 
differently things would be organized in the marketplace in the absence of uh, protections like that. Uh, but I think that on you know that I think most people that are out there creating food products and uh, and healthcare products and things like that are doing it because they believe it's what their customers want and that uh, that they're doing it with the best of intentions. Do people make mistakes? Sure. Uh, are, I mean, there was that one example of uh, like the bad aspirin that came out of Bayer many, many, many years ago, and it was right. a big, big problem. And yeah, I mean, obviously mistakes are made, but that happened under the FDA, and that didn't stop people from from getting sick or having problems. And so, you know, the market ended up ends up handling these things over time when mistakes are made and found out like Toyota, you know, there's this big controversy over Toyota right now. And of course, mm-hmm. Toyota is going to move to make those things right. Not because the government's mandating it necessarily, but they probably are. But, uh, but because Toyota has a reputation that they need to maintain and this is damaging to their reputation. Right. And it's, and that's very important to them. And not just the reputation, but if people think that they're buying cars where the accelerator could get stuck, they're not going to look at Toyota the same way and right. their sales are going to suffer. So, Let's continue with your calls. Ben is in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hey there. Hey, Ben. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, just wanting to join in on this GMO organic debate. Are you scared? Uh, am I scared? Well, I guess I'm concerned. You are? Definitely. Okay. I uh, am one that tends to buy organic, and uh, mm. particularly local food is one of my big things, you know, trying to help out uh, with the energy and it's fresher. Uh, now, do you know that the local farmers are not using, you know, the G- GMO products or pesticides that may be causing problems? How, uh, how far do you take some, it? How far do I take it? Well, I generally uh, will talk to farmers. Like, a lot of them are real open about letting you visit their farms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you go to a farmer's market, like the produce and stuff, I'm not too worried about because the uh, there just isn't, like, a lot of genetically modified zucchini or stuff, you know. Okay. On the market, it's, like, the big things, corn and the soy, and then uh, we always make sure to get, like, uh, grass-fed beef because uh, there's pretty compelling research that uh, shows how the nutrition profile changes considerably, even with just a few weeks on grain. Uh, and he talked about uh, being like a throwback to older methods and stuff. And uh, it certainly is a throwback, but uh, there's also compelling evidence on you know, both sides. But even in, I think it was the 1930s, there was a congressional report about how nutrient levels had, had dropped uh, even even by then. My biggest problem with the whole system is that uh, you know, I'm a pretty libertarian guy like a lot of you guys, is that uh, so much of this is controlled with subsidies and uh, yep. and uh, and government controls, and so we're not really seeing a, anything even close to free market. Uh, the GMO uh, labeling is just it, the laws make sure that you don't have to label it, whereas most people overwhelmingly support labeling, but, it's, but these laws aren't uh, allowed to pass, basically, to, mm-hmm. to label clearly what GMOs are and aren't. So do you think that that, uh, that labeling should be ma- mandatory on, on companies? Do you think ingredients should um, be mandatory? Let's, I mean, just not, not just GMO, but how about ingredients and, and uh, nutrition information and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, they have ingredients and nutrition. Uh, I think that it's all mandated, uh, when though. people – well, manda- I hate government mandation things, but – Whenever uh, people, uh, most polls show people are in favor, you know, somewhere in the 80s, 90s. So don't you think then that uh, that the, uh, you know, the various different grocery stores out there, presuming that it's true that most people want labeling, and I think you're right that they do, that in the marketplace, in the absence of the government mandates, that uh, various grocery stores would say, hey, our customers are demanding labeling. How about you start putting the labels on these products or we're going to go to your competitor? I would love to see that. I think that's probably what would happen. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, 800 800- 259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. Sam joining us, of course, from ObscuredTruth.com. Be sure you go over there, check out his videos when you get a chance as we continue taking your phone calls. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for gold and or silver, you can get them both at gold.freetalklive.com. You can also call in to 877-857-9938 to order by phone. I forgot to mention that last night. 877-857-9938. They've got a neat layaway plan. You can only get the layaway plan if you call that number, that actually allows you to lock in the price. So whatever the price is when you call of the gold or the silver that you're interested in, it allows you to lock it in and basically make payments on it. So it's a great way for people that are maybe uh, tight on funds to send over some of the money that they're they're getting from their paychecks every week and put it and turn it into uh, to silver or gold at gold.freetalklive.com or 877-857-9938. That's uh, our friends over at Midas Resources who we've partnered up with to offer you those uh, those great rates on those pieces. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, Renegade is with us in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Renegade. Hi. Um, I'm from India, and I wanted to talk about this uh, this whole uh, farmers killing themselves thing. Yes, sir. Uh, the, re- the reason given behind this thing is that the seeds were responsible for these farmers killing themselves. It's nothing but just propaganda. The main mm-hmm. reason why these farmers and let me point it out to you. Uh, farmers all over India are using these seeds. But only one state is where these farmers are killing themselves. And that is because of the land owning, uh, land ownership laws. Under those laws, uh, a farmer is not allowed to own more than, say, 15 acres of land. Now, that, is, that, makes, that reduces the value of your land a lot. And, you know, the only person who could buy your land has to be a farmer who does not already own that much amount of land. And because of that, a farmer either has only one of the two options, somehow to uh, raise so much, produce so much, that he gets out of his debt to uh, do whatever, or he simply has to you know, kill himself and do nothing. He keeps on going down and more and more in the debt. Now, and hold on. Why the can't they just walk away from the farm? I mean, people leave their houses here all the time. Yeah, because uh, it's like they are—they end up in the debt. You can walk away from a farm, but you can't end up walk away from a debt, and that's a huge debt on your head, and that's that's a problem. Like, so, you uh, know, is it? I mean, is it, is there bankruptcy and so forth in India? I, I don't—I'm not familiar with it. It doesn't sound well, like it, right? No, nah, actually, these, these people are really, uh, you know, illiterate and all those things. Okay. They would, uh, a lot of people say that before these companies came in, uh, the Monsanto and all these seed companies came in, these farmers were doing fine. But the thing is, before these companies, after these companies came in, India also got liberalized. And land now has much better uses. You could, ha- you could be an industrialist owning hundreds of acres of land, but you cannot be a farmer owning more than 20 acres of land. Now, that makes... Agriculture very unprofitable, and some states where this limit is really low, and if if if, if there is some sort of uh, you know 
there's less rain or something. This is what happens with these farmers. They kill themselves. So what's the justification I, for the 15-acre limit? Uh, it's mostly uh, the feudalist task. Like, you know, back in uh, hundreds of years ago, it was all like few people owning huge tracts of land. Okay. And, yeah. So this is like feudalist. an artifact of the caste system that still exists in India. Is that uh, kind of... Yeah, you, you can say that. Uh, that's why people do not support removal of these kinds of laws. Okay. Every state has this limitation. Uh, it's just that the state where you see these things, the limitation is really small. Mm. Also, that state is the most, high, it's, a, it's a very highly industrialized state. Okay. So your land has a much better use, except you have no, bu- you have no buyers for that so, land. You right. can't sell it to anyone. So the land's more expensive. They've limited the market. You can only have yeah. the 15 acres. So if you have a bad year, well, you don't have much of, as much of a buffer as, as exactly. you might like. Exactly. And exactly. It has nothing to got, do with the seeds. Okay. So, so, so is there any truth to the claim, the counterclaim, that uh, suicides are down over the last uh, several years in, in India as a result uh, of the seeds or you know, coincidentally? Uh, well, uh, recently they had a huge bailout plans for these farmers, so their debts were rem- uh, wiped off. So that's all, that, that could also be a possible reason. Yeah. I don't really know. But. So basically what you're saying, there are a lot more factors involved in the farmers killing themselves than that some of them have adopted the genetically modified seeds. Exactly. I mean, my, my dad is a farmer himself, so I called him and asked him, why are these farmers killing, him, uh, killing themselves? And he, he was totally clueless because for him, things work fine with the same thing and same seeds. <laughs> But I guess there, they're they're using the genetic seeds and possibly going in debt in order to do so, so because exactly. of the limited 15 acres that they have to plant. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for clearing that up, Renegade. Anything else you want to share with us tonight? No, thanks. Appreciate the information and the, uh, the inside uh, scoop there. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, that's just a guy on the phone, right? Uh, uh, so, But I, I would trust what he would say more than I would trust any of the websites out there, whether right. pro, pro or anti-genetically uh, modified foods. Are they? Are any of them more v- valid than the the rest? I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't, don't think know. he was pointing out the hazards of GMO foods or not, but simply explaining what was behind the suicides. Right. It's like once again, government. Yep, exactly. Let's continue with Bill in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Sam. Hello, Bill. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Bill. What's on your mind tonight? Um, talking about this gen- genetically modified food stuff. Uh, I'm a campaign coordinator for a student organization called CFACT, which is based off of a national organization with the same name, uh, different first initial. Uh, direct your listeners to cfact.org. Um, C-F-A-Q? C-F-A-C-T. C-F-A-C-T. Got it. C-F-A-C-T. Uh, it's basically a, a free market um, look at uh, social and environmental issues. So, obviously, very much... Uh, I guess, neutral to GM food, you know, sort of to buy, buy what you want kind of thing. People have to realize that we've been eating genetically modified foods for hundreds of years. Okay, the corn that we eat today did not exist a thousand years ago. Hmm. We genetically modified it. Okay, so, so the genetically modified things that we're doing now in the laboratory are just advanced methods of what we've been doing Wait, wait, but ge- the, gen- the genetic modification of corn that you're talking about, though, that is through... Uh, like natural uh, breeding no, and natural. selection no, and culling, or you're saying that they were actually doing genetic engineering 100 years ago? 
Oh, they were doing it a thousand years ago. They're picking out the best ones. Well, they, but that's and, a and, natural product. That's choline, and that's choline and genetic selection. But that's not genetic engineering. Well, wait. How is that? How aren't you just yeah, drawing an arbitrary different. line, Sam? I mean, because well, if yeah, man no, is, it's absolutely arbitrary. I th- no, I think it's one thing to look over to okay to take a hundred seeds, plant those hundred seeds, and then take you know a, a month into their growth, find characteristics that you like out of those hundred seeds, and keep maybe ten of the plants, so you cull ninety percent, and then you yeah, take and, we'll, and breed those into. What we're a, doing is we're taking specific amino acids that we like and we're inserting them into the genetic code. Right. Okay, like, uh, that's not going to, you know, uh, no, I think genetically that's... modified food, if you eat it, it's not going to alter your genes. Right, but I, know, think like, there's that, a big, I think there's a big difference between taking and, you know, planting X number of plants and then picking yeah, yeah, out yeah, the yeah, best I, ones to breed yeah. and, there's a and difference. designing a, a plant to produce a toxin that if bugs eat it, it'll kill them. Oh, and, and here's a, here's a great um, one to come back on anybody who wants to argue this point is that the uh, the WTO right government organization we hate them blah 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 whatever yep. they actually ruled uh, just this uh, January that the European Union has no scientific basis for imposing a, a moratorium on genetically modified crops. So that right there, boom! This stuff is uh, is all just a scared up you know tactic with all these people who. We talk about how they want to eat this uh, this organic food. If we if we transformed all of our organic uh, farms in the United States over to regular farms and exported the surplus, we'd feed the entire world twice. So people who are eating organic food there are that are many organic farms out there. To starve. They're, they're, oh, absolutely! Wow. And, and organic farms yield a ton less. It's it's incredible how low their yields are. That's why the prices are so high. Oh, but that's so, okay. They so can feel people, good. They can feel good about what they're yeah, doing they, with they themselves as somebody else starves. Starving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you, uh, Bill, and disagree with Sam on uh, on this one because the 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 claim that that uh, that it's it's very arbitrary to say that it is it's meddling and unnatural when man goes in and, and modifies the actual genes, but it's somehow natural when man goes in and modifies just picks the right plants and, and breeds them together. I mean, if it's natural, I think it's natural both ways because we're all part of nature. Oh, no, and no, no, no. So... Sorry, I see a huge difference there. <laughs> hey, Bill, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Well, let's go back and talk about what's natural and what isn't. Fine, let's do uh, it. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. And for the grand prize, why was marijuana made illegal? Uh, because it's a gateway drug. Because there's no medical value. Because it corrupts the youth. Because uh, drugs are bad, okay? Because it kills your brain cells. Because uh, it makes you dumb. Because it makes you lazy. Because uh, it'll make boys grow boobs. Because uh, it threatens industry and Americans are a bunch of sheep. MarijuanaMuscle.com This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up absolutely anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we continue here, we'll take your phone calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. 
Starting things out uh, this hour, we, we, we're we in a conversation for those of you just tuning in. Been in a conversation for the last uh, little while on the program here tonight about the uh, so-called genetically modified foods. And, you know, some of the people who are uh, anti-GM foods have called in and some of the people who are, you know, a little bit uncertain and some people that are essentially trying to debunk what the anti-folks have been saying. So it's been a uh, it's been a, uh, I guess, a a good conversation so far with a lot of different uh, aspects to it. Right now, I would count myself in the uncertain camp and you seem to be in the I don't care camp. Is that fair? Well, I mean, if <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty uncertain, but not to the point where I really I don't care enough to bother doing anything about it. Okay. Like if something comes out that's that makes it pretty clear that this stuff is dangerous, I still don't have to care because Price Chopper, the place I shop, is going to take the stuff off their shelves at that point. Okay. You know, I I trust that the the marketplace is going to give me a variety of things to choose from, all of which are you know relatively healthy in moderation. I think that anything uh, in excess can be can be dangerous. So uh, then you're not concerned about the uh, FDA approving something that could be that could later turn out to be very dangerous, and we just don't know about it at this time. Well, luckily the FDA doesn't really approve foods uh, food products in this country. The FDA is really more looking at. Uh, I mean, they they certainly regulate food products. So but, but if you're going to create a you know a new um, you know we were receiving some cashews during the break if you want to market some cashews I'm pretty sure you don't have to send those to an FDA approval process okay. there may be some sort of USDA inspections process uh, on there but I don't think the FDA gets involved in food approval okay um, so I don't know if I interrupted your point that you were making well just I'm trying to figure out I mean it. Uh yeah, I don't know where I was going. That's all right. There's other people that have <laughs> things to say. And I want to get back to the discussion of what is natural and what is not. But let's go okay. first to your calls. Paul is in Missouri. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Sam. Paul? Missouri? Going once? Yeah. Hey, you're yeah. on the air. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. Go ahead, Paul. What's on your mind tonight? This is my first time calling. I was listening to that conversation regarding the, the GMO versus non-GMO and mm-hmm. uh yeah, actually, GMO it really is kind of a big deal as far as the research I've been doing. Um, it's it's not a matter of just planting the best seeds each year to keep uh, was it propagating the uh, the best you know the best uh, you know highest yields. Out of the seed. What it is is they inject the actual DNA of the seed with like E. coli viruses and other viruses that en- enables them to get the Roundup uh, pesticide into the genetic code. I mean that that's that's huge. It's not just a matter of not really caring about what you're putting in your body. They they haven't tested it and you know long term worth worth a darn and like the European Union last I heard won't even accept any genetically modified food from the United States as an export. Mm. Yeah, uh the and that was what the last caller was pointing out the gentleman from CFACT at cfact.org was pointing out that the the, the governmental organization WTO has basically said that there's there's no reason for that moratorium. Of course, you can also point out that they're likely tied in with Monsanto, so they probably have the yeah. uh, you know the uh the, the motive to uh, to make a statement right. like that. And also with Monsanto, it's funny, they have a, I think it's on their website even, it says their mission statement is to basically take over the entire planet's food supply. Nice. And, you know, they started off as a pesticide company creating Roundup, and then, you know, it branched off into that. Okay. But, yeah, there's a lot of documentaries out there that uh, that show you, that, you know, the hazards of it. And, I mean, like, farm sure there are. Feed, They're made like by people that animals. don't want you to buy the GM foods. 
Well, I mean, what's in it for them to tell you to not buy it? I don't know. They're maybe they've got uh, maybe, maybe they're organic farmers and they uh, you know they want to protect their their business. Um, I mean, the organic. Well, Let's take it away from GM Foods. What about how do you feel about organic versus just standard farming, uh, modern farming techniques? Oh, you know what? I'm all about regular farming. Like okay. I eat, I try to eat, I try to eat organic, but I, what I stay away from is high fructose corn syrup. Yep. Um, aspartame. That's that's all chemical. That's not even real food. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't drink diet soda myself. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have sugar personally. Yeah, I just, I drink. I mean, I switched over to like Jones uh, soda because they use real sugar. And the thing that's kind of disheartening about doing even that is that uh, they're consolidating all the sugar. There's going to be one company that basically supplies most of the sugar. I think either to the to the United States or to the planet. But what it is is they're going to start using uh, GMO sugar cane. So, I mean, there's there's definitely reasons why they want to do it, and I don't know how far down the, the conspiracy rabbit hole that people want to go, but, I mean, your food, that's something near and dear to everybody, and if they can control that, you know, use it as a weapon or how, whatever they say. I, you know, I think control. I can align with, with the caller here. It's the injecting of foreign DNA into the, uh, the, the seed or the plant or the, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the food product that you're going to consume that's where you know I'm. I am a little concerned by that, and would choose to avoid those products if I knew that that's what was uh, occurring. Let me add one more thing. Um, they have they did studies where animals, farm animals, they'd give them GMO corn or feed versus non-GMO, and when they have a choice, they won't even touch the the GMO stuff. Interesting uh, so allegations. I mean, Thank you for the call yeah. tonight. I appreciate hearing right. from you. Yep, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. You know, I, I, uh, my cat, uh, Ravage, he really likes Pringles. Given the choice between cat food and Pringles, <laughs> he'll choose Pringles. Does that mean that Pringles are healthier than the cat food? No. Okay. Correlation Let's, is not causation. Is that the... I don't know. Just just pointing out, just an animal, and you know, they like MSG, too. Uh, anyway, let's continue here. Let's talk to Dylan listening in Wisconsin. Dylan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Sam. Hey, guys. I got three points I'd like to bring up. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, well, today, this morning, I went to a little traffic court hearing with my with my friend. He got, he got a ticket for... Uh, disorderly conduct with a motor vehicle because he pulled his emergency brake going around a corner and he took too fast in the snow and you know they gave him a disorderly for it because the cop happened to see it and mm. of course it's a revenue generator so why, uh, well I wonder why it's to, disorderly instead of like that reckless driving or dangerous driving because they got a hundred different laws and you know there's a hundred different fines they can give you so okay uh, well when we went today it, uh, I kind of cracked up during the court during the hearing or whatever, there were some other people that went up first, and one guy was uh, actually said that, like, the charges he was facing, one of them was failure to obey a sign, and I honestly mm-hmm. almost just laughed out loud yep. in the courtroom. <laughs> that was really funny, but, no, so, I mean, we were there, and I was handing out uh, cards for the Free State Project, trying to get some of these people, you know, they're feeling the brunt of the government's force here, you know, these are the people that are affected by it. I figured these people might be interested to hand out a couple cards, but, uh, uh, the other thing I'd like to bring up after that... But, well, before to, you do that, before you do that, I, not that I would try to stop you from uh, from handing out Free State Project cards. I mean, who knows? You might hit somebody that's a that's a great prospect there. I don't know if it's the best uh, set of people to uh, to prospect because I think the Free State Project is something that's for 
folks that are maybe a little more advanced in their understanding of uh, of liberty. I mean, not to not to say that it's going to matter. I mean, if somebody gets their hands on the Free State Project card and you know and and looks it up and and it makes sense to them, then it'll work. If they look it up and they're confused by it, then it probably won't. So it probably won't matter. Right, but if right. there's some sort of uh, liberty oriented group that exists right. or some kind of convention, I, that's probably the best it, way to. The way I look at it is these are the people that are probably more inclined to get involved if they know about it. And actually, I just recently started up a local group in my town, and so I'm trying to get people informed, you know? Great. And so I'm I'm willing to do the informing here, so I handed out my card, and hopefully they get a hold of me. Maybe yep. not. Oh, so will. it's actually got your personal contact information on it? Right. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's a little right. different. Yeah, right and then... uh. The other thing, one of one of the other things I'd like to bring up is after that we went to M and I Bank. Me and my buddy, we're gonna get a couple small credit cards so that in case we had an emergency or something, five hundred dollars, you know. <laughs> but uh, we went there to do that, and when we talked to the banker, I'm only 18 years old, I'm still in high school. We talked to the banker, and they told me that there was legislation just passed this month, last month, that says you have to be 21 years or older in order to get a credit card now. Or you need to co-sign. That's pretty shocking. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm amazed by that, but I know that they were looking at restricting uh, credit card fees and that sort of thing, so maybe it went along with that. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our Facebook profile. You can go there, become a fan, and uh, follow the uh, Free Talk Live Facebook profile over at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's Facebook. .freetalklive.com. Now then, would you like to learn about public policy by interning at a state or federal policy organization? If you're of college age, you can. The Charles G. Koch Summer Fellow Program includes an opening week-long policy seminar, an eight-week paid summer internship, a closing seminar, and weekly policy lectures. Choose from 70 organizations in Washington, D.C., state policy network think tanks across the United States, and be a part of fellow, a fellowship of motivated, talented individuals seeking to advance liberty. Uh, the program does include a stipend and housing allowance. Uh, I think the uh, expiration has come up for this year's summer seminars, but you can still go to libertarianinternships.com to learn more about the other seminars they have and uh, prepare yourself for next year when you'll get another opportunity to do the very same thing over at libertarianinternships.com as we continue here. Dylan was on the phone a few moments ago and telling us that he went to go to, uh, to, to his bank to get a credit card and was told that as an 18-year-old who's still in high school, 
as an 18-year-old, he would not be allowed to get a credit card anymore as a result of some legislation that has just been passed in Washington, D.C. If you are under the age of 21, apparently, you can't have a credit card unless you have someone who's over the age of 21 who's willing to uh, to co-sign for it. Apparently, yeah. I'm you looking found at out the, some details, uh, right? Fine law summary of the uh, 2009 Credit Card Reform Act of 2009. And... What it says is that uh, finally, in an attempt to uh, protect young consumers from generating large amounts of debt uh, before learning how to properly budget, apparently 12 years in the government schools is not enough to teach them that Oh, no, they don't do any budgeting in uh, government (laughs) schools. I remember the only thing they ever taught me was how to write a check. Right. Yeah, I remember that, too. Uh, The act will contain provisions aimed uh, aimed directly at young consumers. So these are some of the new uh, requirements. Banks and credit card issuer, issuers may not send offers to persons under 21 unless they have consented to receiving such offers. Card issuers are not able to offer freebies on campuses to get students to sign up. Before issuing a credit card to a person under 21, there must be a co-signer on the application who is over 21, and the person must demonstrate their ability to repay the debt. And How? Uh, by independent means, uh, basically like a have a job credit perhaps. check, yeah, kind of thing that okay. says if this person defaults and we give them five hundred dollars, you have to have the ability to pay that back. Hmm. And the last one here is uh, credit card companies will no longer be able to raise credit limits for people under twenty one without written permission from the cosigner. Hmm. So it's true then what uh, what he was saying. Yeah, apparently it looks like they've cracked down on uh, you know the the targeting this stuff at kids just like they did with cigarettes and advertising so if you're 18 19 or 20 years old you can no longer get your own credit card you have to have somebody else who's 21 essentially put their name on the the line and and take some level of financial responsibility for Mm -hmm. for your actions so just ever further uh essentially childifying if you will the the young adults of America trying to protect them from reality, trying to protect them from uh, from making mistakes and kind of there's this term called helicopter parents of these parents, over worried types of parents that hover over their children as they uh, get ready to leave the, the home and move out to college. For instance, you know, mom, if, she, if she's within driving distance or dad, uh, whichever parent is the helicopter parent, will come out as often as they possibly can. You know, they'll try to uh, to come to a job interview with their kids and, uh, and that kind of thing. And uh, this is very detrimental, this particular uh, mindset of that, well, our kids are still kids, even though they're 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, and they need to be treated, uh, they need to be treated like they're kids, because that's what this basically is. It's like, you're still a baby. Yeah, we call you an adult at age 18, but you can't drink, and now you can't even go get a credit card. Uh, You know, I was listening to uh, New Hampshire Public Radio last uh, month ago or so. They're talking about health care, and they were talking about dependence and what happens when, you know, parents change jobs, and this is why we need government health care. And the host made the comment, they were talking about children between the age of, uh, like, 18 and upwards to 27. And he made the comment that, that people, you know, up to the age of 27 were children. Wow. And I was, I was shocked by that. You know, he God. grouped them in with a, a lower age range. But it, to me, even considering something like that is just outrageous. And it's true. The the age just kind of keeps getting pushed out and yeah. pushed out. And it, because these kids aren't learning basic skills for life in these government schools, they're they're taught, you know, a bunch of factoids and fill up their brain and then they get out and they, they're useless. They can barely a lot of them can barely uh, keep a minimum wage job.
It's so true. And of course, the, as the economy is getting worse out there, as people have a more difficult time, it's more likely that families are going to stay uh, closer as in that kids aren't going to move out or young people aren't going to move out of their parents' right. home. And so they'll they'll have the, uh, the additional um, padding, if you will, of being able to make more mistakes and not have to really feel the consequences from it because they've got mommy and daddy there uh, backing them up. And not that there's anything wrong. I mean, if, if times are tough, there's nothing wrong with getting together with other people and family members and all that to, uh, to reduce costs and everything like that. But there's a difference between paying your parents rent and having them take care of you. you know? right. uh, so it's just very disturbing. And it's just another example of how young people in America are treated like kids. And that NPR hosts, uh, what he said is very revealing of a mindset, of this mindset that, uh, you know, you haven't grown up until you're you know, your late 20s or something like that. It's absolutely ludicrous. I was out working at age 16 as soon as I possibly could, and I think that was one of the things that uh, that really helped me mature quicker, a lot a lot faster than some of my friends at that time who spent their weekends partying while I was, you know, doing the the night shift out at the the big Kmart. No, uh, I worked at Baskin Robbins. Did you really? Yeah. We used to uh, clean out the freezers, pull the ice cream out, and have to move them to the back and scrape all the frost off. And we, and this was in Texas. And you could compact it into snowballs, and we'd have a snowball fight. Oh, good times. After hours. Plus ice cream. I mean, ice that's, cream, that's yeah, fun. All you could eat. Let's go to Tom listening in West Virginia to WVTS. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Sam. Tom? It's me. Hey, yeah, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, thank you. Hey, I called to uh, to give you guys an update on the uh, Black Hawk saloon owner. What, what was his name? Carrie Paco Ellison, heroic okay. saloon owner who refused to go along with the uh, the smoking ban there in Charleston. Yeah, God bless him. Uh, as of, uh, I suppose it was today or maybe yesterday, uh, he got shut down. Oh, no. The whole business? Uh, uh, yep. What, how did they do it? What happened? Okay, he said the uh, he was on an interview on the radio, local, local news, mm-hmm. and um, he said he got a call from the uh, liquor guy, inspector, and uh, they, they had sent in some uh, undercover persons seen people smoking and he said i need to meet you here at a certain time and he said uh word for word the guy just came in and uh took his liquor license off the wall and said have a nice day it's disgusting (laughs) you know what uh maybe we'll have to have carrie back on the show he's actually one of the guests we've had on i think more often usually we don't have guests that often on this program but uh we've had carrie on twice now and i did just I caught both of them, I believe. Okay, great. Well, uh, I might get in touch with him here and see see what he has to say and t- see if he can tell us a story. I actually pulled up the Sunday Gazette Mail and their story here. It just, yeah, you're right. This is fresh news. It just came out today. So we'll give our listeners the details. And, Tom, thanks for the heads up on that. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, uh, the latest on the Blackhawk Saloon situation in moments. You can bring up anything as well. It's Free Talk Live. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows women you care. This year, get her George's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order by February 10th to make sure you have it in time for Valentine's Day at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in there. Mandrik.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Uh, In fact, you can also go to the podcast and go all the way back to January of 2009, completely free at freetalklive.com. The American Friends Service Committee is seeking financial contributions to aid Haiti's earthquake survivors and help them recover and rebuild. Donate at 1-888-588-2372 or afs.org slash Haiti. That's the American Friends Service Committee, 888-588-2372, afs.org slash Haiti. And the uh, the Friends are, of course, the Quakers. That's uh, their other name. Great. 800-259-9231 is our number. We're going to take a, a quick break from the phone calls here because uh, the last gentleman brought up what's going on with the Black Hawk Saloon, and I just want to make sure we can get this story out there because I think it's an important, it's a very important story, and uh, Kerry Paco Ellison is a, is a hero. He's one of my heroes. Uh, Charleston, West Virginia. The owner of the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston has temporarily lost his liquor license after almost two years of skirting the Conowa Charleston Health Department's indoor smoking ban. An undercover West Virginia Alcohol Beverage Control Administration officer visited the bar. How about that for a, for a title? The West Virginia Alcohol Beverage Control Administration officer. That's the name of the bureaucracy. Nice. <laughs> alcohol control wasn't enough. It's Alcohol Beverage Control Administration. Anyway, they visited the bar on Friday and saw multiple employees and patrons smoking in the bar on East Point Drive in uh, Charleston, so said their spokesbureaucrat. As a result, Carrie Paco Ellison's license was pulled. Ellison's been one of the most outspoken critics of the country's, or the county rather, the county smoking ban since it was approved in November of 07. He has allowed patrons and employees to light up in his bar, even after being fined for violating the ban. If more business owners had the cojones that this man has, we would be in a completely different world. It's tough, though. I mean, look at the business owners have these huge investments that they've put in their their building and their all of their equipment and so forth. And they know this is what happens when you stand up. They'll come after your licensing, and I think the answer is to not get the licenses in the first place. I agree with that completely. Of course, most people aren't in that paradigm, no. but nonetheless— And it makes it really, really hard to try and do business that way. But you still need that level of courage, though. I mean, if you're yeah. not going to get the license in the first place, you still need to be of the the character that a Kerry Paco Ellison is. Right, true. To be able to uh, be willing to go up against the state in that way and to say, well, I'm just going to run my business and you guys have no business in my business. Please go away. Uh, smoking continues to be an ongoing problem there, said the bureaucrat. The West Virginia ABCA views it as a public safety issue that criminal activity is being allowed there. When we go in to send our inspectors in, they're seeing people smoking. We don't like that, so we're going to have to shut you down. That's criminal activity, Sam. Smoking cigarettes in a bar is a crime well, now. And so basically the idea here is that liquor licenses are only allowed they're, – they're only allowed to have uh, – business is only allowed to have one if they are essentially a respectable establishment. There's a certain legal term. It's not respectable. It's something like that mm-hmm. to where if anything that is illegal – by statutes, is going on on the premises, then they can lose their their liquor license. In fact, I was talking with one of the local uh, bar owners here in town, Mm -hmm. a local self-identified libertarian. He was telling me that it's so restrictive that there was a fight that started across the street from his bar that 
because it was a fight, just the way things go, they, they came over onto his property as they were fighting. Okay. And because they came over onto the property, he got points on his liquor license or something like that. How did he have anything to he do with that? He had nothing to do with it. It just goes to show how, and this is in New Hampshire, where things are probably not as restrictive as other places. Hmm. It just goes to show how insanely restrictive these rules uh, and regulations are. I wonder if the inspectors get uh, have quotas for how many points they have to give out and fines and so forth. Who knows? Police that would be interesting do. to find out. Uh, according to the story, the bar owner has temporarily lost his liquor license, but the bureaucrat said it's unclear what will actually happen to the bar. He said, we'll allow for our investigation to continue before making a determination of what our next step will be. <laughs> Ellison can't serve any beer, wine, or liquor while his license is suspended, but it doesn't mean he has to close down. No, that means you have to be a good little slave and you have to stop all of the smoking that we mm-hmm. disapprove of. And if you do that, maybe, maybe we'll let you earn a living again. In theory, said the bureaucrat, he could stay open and serve food. Ellison was the first bar owner in the county to be convicted of violating the Kanawha Charleston Health Department's indoor smoking regulations back in February of 2009 and was fined $400. Ellison previously told the Gazette the fine wouldn't stop him from allowing customers to light up. I'm not the smoking police, he told Kanawha County Magistrate Ward Harshberger, Harshbarger during his one-hour hearing in February. Uh, However, ABCA definitely has Ellison's attention now. I did speak with the commissioner several months ago, and he told me now that he told me that now that smoking had been deemed a crime, that it would be seen as me allowing a crime to go on here if anybody smoked in here, which is why they were able to take his liquor license away. But Ellison said he didn't really take him that seriously and continued to let patrons and employees smoke in the bar. He was surprised when his license was pulled Monday, but said he's optimistic the ABCA will reinstate his license in the next few days. They have my attention now, he said, so if they give me back my license, which I'm optimistic they will, I'm really capable of going cold turkey. So it sounds like they've got him this time. Yeah, it sounds like he's done. Ellison, a non-smoker, said he thinks that his patrons will understand if he switches his policy and cuts off smoking in the bar. I can be a good boy, he said. Robinson said Friday that was not the first night that an undercover officer had visited the bar. There was already a pending violation, he said. We'd been there several times in the past. Robinson said the enforcement division will now take over the investigation and decide on the appropriate punishment, which would range from Ellison getting his license back and paying fines to a license with restricted hours or a temporary suspension. So it's all completely arbitrary as to what they're going to do here. What is wrong with these people? I mean, get out of this guy's life. If you don't like people smoking in bars, don't go to that bar. Go pick somewhere else. Seems like a no-brainer, but this is what they do. If customers don't like it, then they don't have to go there either. This is a private business, people. The worst punishment would be a revocation of the Ellison uh, Ellison's liquor license, which means you're out of business for five years, according to the bureaucrat. Ellison said Staples told him that a decision about his license would be made by the Staples. I don't know why they put Staples in there. Anyway, that uh, maybe it was one of the other bureaucrats. Oh, yeah, the commissioner. Uh, the commissioner told him that a decision about his license would be made by the end of the week. I guess they put the Staples to him. That's what it sounds like. It's awful, isn't it? Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And he held out for a while, though. I mean, this guy Two was, years is a good run, and he, he also generated a lot of media attention. Sure did. He created activism events when he had everybody come out on a certain day to smoke. Yep. He's a hero, and I will reach out to him here and uh, see if we can get him back on the program to talk about this. Uh, so, And, and I don't blame him for, for doing what, what he's doing. Uh, I don't blame anybody for... 
capitulating under the pressures of the state. I yeah. mean, they they hold all the cards, almost all of the cards. Or at least that's the way it seems. That's the illusion, uh, you know, that they hold all the cards. As long as everyone, as long as 99.9% of people are obedient, then it does seem like they hold all the cards. But if 10% stop being so obedient, then they're done. I mean, Kerry Paco Ellison could make, uh, you know, all kinds of money off of serving a 10 percent of the population that was disobedient enough to be willing to, to go and give him business and, you know, risk being arrested in a police sting and that that kind of thing. And that level of activism is only going to happen here in New Hampshire. I mean, Kerry Paco Ellison is a good guy who's trying to do the best that he can under those, you know, the awful circumstances he has. And I'm sure he has a number of customers that appreciate what he's doing. But are any of those customers willing to take a risk on behalf? of Kerry and his business? Probably not very many of them. And how much risk will Kerry himself take at this point? I think it seems that he's reached his limit. So that's where it ends for Kerry. That's where it ends for the you know, the activism that's going on there in, in Charleston. But not for the police state. They get to keep going and uh, oh, there'll be new the rules. next band. Yeah. That's right. There's going to be something else Got coming soon. Got taken care of. We're ready to take some more on. Right. And, of course, now they're going to make an example out of him, right? Now oh, they can course. now they can uh, really tout this and show the rest of those bar owners that might have been thinking they could be like Harry. Watch. Part of his getting his license back will be a public uh, apology. You know, you guys were all right. You, I, I shouldn't have had I'm these so smokers sorry. in here. Yeah. We'll see. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want in these remaining moments. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time, perhaps, for your call at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations across the country, bring more internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board for as little as three bucks a month. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative payment options. And it makes a big difference for us. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Manchester Brewing, the makers of John Thomas Red. And they would like to give you some advice on handling your John Thomas. First, never boil or freeze your John Thomas. Second, please keep your John Thomas away from pets, children, and radio-controlled devices. Thank you. From manchesterbrewing.com. As we continue with your phone calls, ladies first, Rachel is in West Virginia listening to WVTS. Hello, Rachel. Hello, how are you? Hey, super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you were talking about the whole smoking ban, and just I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. They've got it to where you can't do. I mean, we all understood not smoking in restaurants, but not smoking in a bar. Come on, that's ridiculous. Everybody did it. Every and half the people still do. They've just, like you said, they've made um, an example out of. And I cannot remember the gentleman's name. That Carrie Ellison. Um, yeah. 
Uh, he, they have plastered him all over the place as the bad boy. And they've made it out to be like he is just breaking laws left and right or something. And that's not the way it is. He's the only one that has stood up exactly. and said, hey, I'm letting you. He, I mean, there's a big sign on the side of the building that said, smokers welcome. Yeah, he's a hero. And I hope that yeah. the folks there in Charleston, uh, when they're hearing about this story, will make a note. And even while I, pr- I, I don't know if the, the Blackhawk is open right now because they've had their license pulled. It doesn't make it clear. I didn't know that the license was pulled until, until I started. And we just now got your talk show here in the last like month. Well, you so guys, are, we, you're listening on FM. We've actually been on in uh, on the AM side for a while, but WVTS just switched over uh, to the FM yeah. side, so that's Nobody why you're now. To AM here. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so well, welcome. But what honest. I wanted to do to do is encourage uh, the listeners out there in Charleston stop by the Blackhawk Saloon if they're open. Go in and order some, you know, something to snack on. Order some food. You know, bring some business to uh, mm-hmm. to carry and and thank him for uh, for standing up for as long as he did yep. against these uh, these statists, these thugs, these gangsters that want to try to tell him and everybody else how they can run their business. Well, and you know, it's not even as much that. It's like they're trying to take, you know, any kind of right away from smokers. Because And now, I'm not saying you should smoke in the car with your child, but that's a choice that we all, you know, should have. And yeah. if you have a child under 10 now, there's a law you can't smoke in your car if you have a child under 10. What, what do you think can be I'm done about I'm not necessarily condoning, you know, smoking in, a child, in the car with your child, but come on. Yeah. You know, well, they're going to be exposed to it at one point or another. You know, it's going to happen. So what do you think can be done to uh, stop this sort of encroachment that's constantly happening? I don't know. They've also tried to um, allow at the Tri-State Gaming to allow smoking there because it is a a full-fledged casino now. They have table games, and they won't even let them do it there. They won't make an exception for them. Well, they haven't lobbied enough. <laughs> yeah, they need some, to line some pockets they first. Tried, but not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know to what extent. But Rachel, I if, if there's one thing I would take issue with what you've said so far tonight, it was at the very beginning where you said you're all all right with uh, doing it in restaurants, banning smoking from restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the one of the problems comes in is where where people will look at a proposed regulation by the government and they'll say, oh, well, that's okay. But it's not okay, and the reason why it's not is for the same reason it's not for the bars. Not because smoking is maybe more commonplace in bars than it was in restaurants, but simply because the private property owner should be the one to make those decisions. If a, if a restaurateur decides that he wants to have a section for smokers, wherever it is, or if he wants his entire uh, restaurant to be forced, uh, you know, open to smokers, then he should be able to make that decision, and the folks that don't like smoking should be able to choose to go to the restaurants that have, have prohibited smoking or effectively eliminated the the problem and allow the marketplace to decide. When you have this this one-size-fits-all rule being imposed from on high by our masters in the government, then it takes away the ability for people to make those choices. And the the people that benefit from it are uh, are the restaurants... Uh, well, there there's certain restaurateurs that benefit because they they're too chicken s to actually ban smoking on their own. They're too scared of losing whatever the business would be that they might lose from banning smoking. So they want to so-called level the playing field by forcing all of their competitors to have the same exact rules via the government system. And it's never appropriate to use threats of uh, of force against our neighbors, even if they're doing something that we might disagree with. So does that make sense to you? Yes, it does, and it and it it's sad because it's the smaller restaurants that suffer because they're the ones that have the local people. You know, the the old man that's been smoking for eighty years that wants to go and have his cup of coffee in the morning and a smoke, and he can't. You know, he can't go to the little breakfast place across the street from his house 
and and you know have a cigarette unless he wants to sit outside and freeze half to yep. death. Yep, exactly. You know, and those are the ones that suffer are the smaller restaurants. The big chains they could care less because they're going to get it regardless. They're going to get the money regardless. They don't care. Rachel, I want to thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I'm glad you're out there uh, listening on uh, WBTS in Charleston. 800-259-9231. Neat how we didn't exist uh, until we came on to FM, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's where 80% of the radio listening audience is. So. And, a, and a lot of the women uh, listeners Oh, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So uh, welcome to all our new listeners out there. Let's go to Sean, also listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Sean, are you listening on FM or AM there in uh, Charleston? Uh, I've, I've been listening to you guys for a while. I'm on an FM right okay, now. Okay, very good, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I got something that'll blow your guys' mind. Uh, the hypocrisy in this government, our legislators are allowed to smoke on Capitol Grounds, as well as in their offices. And in the offices. Yes, this was a news story about three days ago. <laughs> of They're course. allowed to smoke in their offices. We the can't rules? go to a restaurant or a bar and smoke, but they can hang out at work. And smoke. Yeah, well, the rules are for you, sir, not for the, not for the uh, ruling class. They get to do what they want. Yeah, obviously. Amazing. Yes, but, uh, yeah, the hypocrisy in this government here in the state of West Virginia this is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I can only imagine. Thank you for sharing that tonight. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, I just thought maybe you'd like to know that. Sean, I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Ryan in Canada. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Ryan, Canada? Hey, how's it going, hey. What's on your mind? You're on with Ian and Sam. Okay, well, um, I've been listening to you guys uh, talk about this, and um, there's something you guys should probably know is that, you know, corporations are legally bound by their legal binding to make as much money as possible for the shareholders. And unfortunately, if they were to go ahead and do anything about the smoking, um, they would lose profit. And if they lost profit, they would be in a legal heap, um, to say the least. So therefore, they're motivated to uh, go for legislation. That way they can force everyone to do it. That's pretty much it, yeah, because if they lose any money, um, they're legally bound and the shareholders can therefore sue them. Um, there's also a lot of legal means on the way of the, the way that they classify it. For instance, if I own a business. If you run a restaurant or something like that, that if you if, if the way that they classify it is that food is tied as a restaurant, no matter what. so, um, if you're running a bar and you have food involved, it instantly becomes a restaurant, and therefore you cannot uh, pursue your freedom in any other way. It's it's a restaurant. There's no exemptions. I think that what you're saying may have some truth to it, but I, I also don't think it would prevent uh, the local restaurants that are not mega corporations from lobbying for these restrictions because they also are afraid of losing uh, their, their profits to their competitors. Yeah, but at the same time, you would have local small business owners who would want to allow smoking in their restaurants and others who wouldn't. But the problem is the legality, though. If that guy goes ahead and says, okay, you guys can smoke in here and the government allows it, is that somebody could claim later on that they got emphysema from there and then sue him. Okay. What does that have to do with uh, you know banning everyone from uh, smoking in bars? The, the thing is, is if that he it wants starts to, at if, the legal end. You have to change the laws. Well, but if he wants to take that risk, he's not allowed to make that choice for himself. Yeah. Well, how would the the bar owner be liable for somebody that gets emphysema? I mean, that's pretty I, I silly. I don't think they would be. You wouldn't These be able to. People sue McDonald's for spilling, you know, hot coffee in their lap. Yeah, but that, that's that's the action of the McDonald's employee. Or no, you're right. That it wasn't the employee that spilled the coffee. But uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The the lawsuits and out the there are, are pretty loose. Reference for his case. 
and then he goes forward with it, and he bobble, 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 bobble. Yeah, but it's very unlikely that anybody is going to get emphysema is going to be able to say, well, it was uh, the Black Hawk Saloon that, uh, <laughs> that did this to me. I think that's going to be a pretty tough case to make. And I thank you for the call tonight, Ryan. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go uh, to John in Illinois on the amp line. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, and how's it going? Good. Um, it's sorry to say you have about 30 seconds and no more than that. Okay, uh, so you guys were talking about fraternities yesterday. Yes, sir. That's actually the best experiment in socialism that you could ever have because essentially all common areas are communally owned, and as you can imagine, no one actually takes care of it. Oh, yeah, um, I've never seen messier rooms than college kids' rooms, that's for sure. And actually, I've never really been in a fraternity, so I've only just seen the individual college kids' rooms, so it's probably even worse uh, in a fraternity like you're there, saying. There's some around town here, and they are not well kept up. They, yeah, they don't look pretty. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. And if we didn't get to your call tonight, apologies. Uh, just call us back tomorrow night. We'll talk to you then. And Sam, thanks for coming in tonight. It's no problem. Fun. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Thank you.